Heavenly Father, thank you for your um, gospel. Thank you that it is such good news uh, for us. Um, thank you that it brings us uh, life and peace and hope, uh, and it brings us assurance, uh, great assurance. So we pray that today you would give us ears to hear, um, that our hearts would receive the truth that you have for us today. So um, we pray that you would continue to your saving and transforming work through your gospel today. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're reading Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 13. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Friends, we've got a great part of the Bible to look at today from Romans chapter 8, this uh, really rich um, passage. But let me pray for us for God's help as we uh, read his word. Let's pray. Uh, our Lord, we thank you for this, um, this precious words here that we read. We pray that you might help us to understand them rightly and to live in their lights. Uh, we know that that's only possible through the working of your spirit. Uh, so we ask, Lord, that even now as we read your word together, as we think about it, that you might be at work within us, and we pray that for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, friends, we're living in unstable, uncertain times. We all know that. And one response that you might have heard, or maybe this is your response, is to try and become a more spiritual person, um, to have something in your life that won't be so easily taken away. Uh, maybe that's you, maybe you're on a bit of a spiritual quest and that's how you found us online. If that's the case, welcome. It's uh, really great to have you with us. Uh, but what would it look like to be a spiritual person? Uh, that's sort of what we're thinking through today and what this passage uh, opens up for us. Uh, if you listen to lots of what gets said in our culture, um, often the answer to that question is it's whatever you want it to be. Um, you just find your own path, look within yourself, and that's what a spiritual person is. Uh, the Bible's answer is a lot different to that. Uh, I want to invite you today to, to hear what this passage has to say. It's different to anything, any other answer, but for those who, for those who accept it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's full of life and peace and uh, transforming beauty and power. So um, I hope that you will see something of that as we look at this really powerful passage from Romans 8. Uh, Romans is a wonderful letter. It's, very, it's, it's a long letter, but it's a wonderful letter from the Apostle Paul to this uh, church in Rome, these uh, Christians gathered in Rome. Um, 
It's a letter all about the amazing grace of God. It, it tells this story of humanity. It's a pretty dark story of humanity on our own. Following Adam, uh, our, our, the first human, we, uh, he and all of us have turned from God. We, we, in, our, in our pride, we reject God's rule over our lives. It's what the Bible calls sin. Uh, and that leaves us in Adam, uh, in this, this, this family tree of Adam, it leaves us under the judgment of God. Um, Romans earlier in Romans uh, we've read that we read that the wages of sin is death. Um, but the the wonderful bright news of Romans of the gospel that Romans uh, is all about is that the gift of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God um, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Jesus was a light that shone into this dark situation that humanity is in. Um, God sent his son to bear our condemnation, our death, bear those wages for us in our place. That's what he was doing on the cross and he's risen as Lord. Uh, and now everyone who trusts in him is no longer, you get, you get changed from being in Adam to now being in Christ, in Jesus, instead of being in united to Adam and his family tree, now you, you know, through faith in Jesus, you enter into this new way of being human, this new humanity in Christ. Um, no more under the, under the sentence of death. Uh, we, we, we get moved from uh, being bound up in conflict and death into Christ and into life and peace. And so we read, we heard last week the wonderful opening to Romans 8. There is therefore, um, in the light of all of that, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have come out of Adam's family and entered into Jesus's. Um, well, in the passage we're looking at today, this whole, uh, this, this whole kind of um, two groups, uh, those who are in Adam versus those who are in Christ, uh, this whole idea of these two groups, uh, Paul talks about it, but in a different way. He talks about being in the realm, instead of being in Adam, he talks about being in the realm of the flesh. And talk, in, in, instead of talking about in Christ, he talks about being in the realm of the spirit. Um, when he says flesh, he's not talking about skin and bones. Uh, he's talking about humanity in Adam, humanity in rebellion against God, humanity in our state of rejecting God. Uh, that's what he means when he talks about flesh. Um, and uh, the, the, the big news of this passage is that if you have moved from being in Adam to in being in Christ, if you've received the gift of God through faith in Jesus, then you are no longer in, you're no longer in Adam, you're in Christ, and you're no longer in this realm of the flesh. You, you are now in the realm of the Spirit. Uh, you get that in verse 9, right in the middle of our passage. Verse 9 says, You, however, he's talking to Christians, he's talking to the Christians in Rome, those who are in Christ, who now have no condemnation. He says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. That could equally be translated, since the Spirit of God lives in you. It's not, he's not um, introducing a kind of uncertainty here. He's just stating a fact. Um, if if uh, God's Spirit lives in you, then you are in the realm of the Spirit, not in the realm of the flesh. There's no other way to be a Christian. You see that as verse 9 goes on. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So, friends, um, 
Romans 8, this passage in Romans 8 says to us that if you are a Christian person, if you have received Jesus as Lord, if you have put your faith in him, then you are a spiritual person. Um, there's, there's, there's no other way uh, to go about it. You have the spirit of the holy God living within you. Uh, there's, there's, see, there's not a separate class of Christians, those who are the really spiritual, impressive ones, and then the kind of struggling, bog-standard uh, Christians who just um, struggle, along, struggle on along the way like me and you. Uh, th there's no sense of that here. There's no sense of kind of two different classes of Christian. Uh, if you're in Christ, you're in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in you. Um, but on the flip side of that, what this passage is also saying is there's also no there's no such thing as being a Christian without the Spirit, but there's also no such thing as being spiritual without Jesus, without Christ. Now, you, you see how that um, Paul talks about that in that verse, in verse uh, nine, he kind of interchanges the Spirit of God with the Spirit of Christ. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and then he says, uh, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ. They do not belong to Christ. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. This passage, the whole of Romans 8, and in especially, I mean, including this passage, is full of wonderful assurance for those who are in Jesus. But it would be unkind, it would be unloving, and not true uh, to give a false assurance. So I don't want to do that today. And Paul doesn't do that here. God doesn't do that in his word. Friends, uh, there is... There is, according to the Bible, according to Jesus' teaching in his word, uh, there is one path to true spirituality. And you're not going to find it in a yoga class, as good as that might be uh, for your physical health. You're not going to find it up a lonely mountain, as great as it is to go climb a mountain. You're not going to find it by looking within yourself. No, it's through the, the only path... Um, to being a spiritual person, according to God, is through Jesus, and through Jesus only. It's through hearing the gospel, hearing the good news about him, that he is Lord, and he is a saving Lord. It's about responding to him in faith. Uh, friends, if you haven't done that, then what this passage is saying is you're still in Adam, you're still in the flesh. You're still in the realm of the flesh and not in the spirit. And that, that contrast between this, these two realms, these two sort of ways of existing and of, of living, uh, that's really what drives this whole passage. So what I thought we might do is have a look quickly at the realm of the flesh, this idea of what it looks like to be someone who is in Adam, who is part of the, the human family who are, who are living in rejection of God, versus the realm of the spirit, this, this new way of living that God, by his grace, brings us into through Jesus. Uh, firstly, the, the realm of the flesh. You see that there in verse 5. Let's have a look. Uh, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. This whole idea of a mindset or having your mindset is a, it's a really global kind of thing. It's not just about your thinking. It's kind of like about your whole direction of life, including your thoughts, your will, your emotions. Um, living according to the flesh, having your mind set on what the flesh desires means having a, a life that is heading in a direction away from God, in rebellion against God, uh, in proud rejection of Him. And you see where that leads in verse 6, that this mind governed by the flesh is death. 
Um, it's, a, it's a sobering thought, but um, what Paul is saying here is that the future path of living in this realm of the flesh, it has no future. Um, it has no future. Uh, he, it's talking about a physical death, um, being uh, uh, physic- physically experiencing our disconnection from the source of life by dying in our bodies, but it's also talking about a spiritual death here and now in our relationship with God. Uh, it gets kind of, uh, he keeps going though, um, in this sober assessment of this life in the realm of the flesh. Verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, unwilling and even unable to obey God. You get that in verse 7. And then in verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Uh, It's a pretty negative assessment of what it looks like to live in in, in Adam, what we're all born into, and what we all willingly participate in and choose for ourselves. Um... It's, this isn't saying that those who are in this realm of the flesh, to use the language, it's not saying that they can't do anything good. Um, that's not what it's saying. Uh, clearly, um, that's not the case. It, what it's doing is taking a big picture view, an overall view of the situation. It's saying if you're in the flesh, if, if the basic direction of your life is in opposition to God, rejecting his rule over your life, his hostility to, towards him, then you've made yourself his enemy. It'd be a little bit like, um, say I had a job in a business and I was really, if you can imagine it, a really model employee, uh, great with customers, uh, really hardworking. But all the while, I'm secretly embezzling the, the company's funds and ending up leaving them bankrupt. <laughs> as many, as nice as I am and as hardworking as I am, as many good things I do, I am fundamentally an enemy of the business. I'm an enemy of the boss. Um, There's a similar sort of thing going on here. If you're living in God's world and your mindset is according to the flesh, according to hostility towards God, rejection of Him, uh, then no matter how many good things you do, you're not going to live in a way that pleases Him. So friends, it's, it's not a really pretty picture of this life in the flesh. Uh, that, uh, but what about the realm of the spirit, on the other hand? Uh, and the contrast couldn't be greater here. The realm of the spirit. You get this picture of new life here and now. This realm of the flesh in Adam is what we're all born into. And the realm of this, this, this new identity, this new life is what is offered to us through the gospel. A new life. See, there's one thing to have no condemnation. That's wonderful. And it's kind of the bedrock um, but there's more to the work of God. God doesn't just want to wipe clean our slate. He wants to make us new, give us a new slate. Uh, he wants to give us a whole new identity, uh, a new mindset, a new direction for our thoughts and our wills and our hearts. Um, that's what verse 5 says. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Uh, uh, you, you, um, coming into this realm of the Spirit will transform you. It will give you new, even new desires. Um, things that you would never have enjoyed otherwise, you will start to, you'll start to enjoy. There's a really deep inside-out transformation that's pictured here. And you, you keep going in verse 6. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 
Um, this mind governed, it's not talking about a robotic control, but life, a mind lived under the authority and power of the Spirit. And instead of leading to death, it leads to life and peace. Um, so there's a picture of new life here and now, but there's also, Paul teaches here in this realm of the Spirit, new life into the future, um, even through even through the full stop of your life, even through death itself. You get that in verse 10. Let's turn, turn to verse 10. These wonderful verses. But if Christ is in you, even though uh, your body is subject to death because of sin, uh, you see, um, in Christ, you, you are in this realm of the Spirit, uh, but you're still uh, living in this uh, fallen world and in this body that's still subject to, to death. But if Christ is in you, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness, because of Christ's righteousness that's freely given to you in the gospel. And Paul goes on in verse 11, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, just think about that, the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, the one who conquered even death itself, if that Spirit is in you, well, the rest kind of falls out, right? Um, he who raised Christ from the dead, of course, that's what's going to happen. The spirit of life won't leave you dead. Um, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Uh, you will be raised like Jesus was. And it's so wonderful, right? God's got it all sorted. New life now, new life even through death. There's another thing here, though, that we need to uh, move on towards. Such richness in this passage, right? There's another really important thing at the end of our passage, though. Uh, sometimes you hear the illustration of the Christian life being like two dogs uh, at war within you. I don't know if you've heard this, but I have. Uh, and uh, the, the point of the illustration is it's kind of like uh, there's God and Satan or the spirit and flesh battling inside of you. And whichever one you feed the most, that's the one that ends up winning the fight. Um it's a kind of powerful illustration, but can, uh, can you see that that's not actually at all the picture that's in view here? And I think it's actually a road to uncertainty and a kind of constant fear of never doing enough. It's not in line with the gospel. The picture here isn't of some kind of split, uncertain personality that you're not sure which way it's going. Through the gospel, you are in Christ now. You are in the realm of the spirit, not in the realm of the flesh. Uh, and and yet, um, uh, just like with the mortal body, uh, it still feels the effects of the flesh, it still dies. Um, even though you are in the realm of the spirit, you, you still feel the effects, the pull, the temptations of the flesh. Uh, you still have ongoing sin in your life and you will until Jesus returns. You're not controlled by the flesh, you're not bound to it, you're not in its realm. Uh, but it's still there trying to influence you and uh, entering the realm of the Spirit. And what these last verses uh, say to us is entering the realm of the Spirit doesn't mean, it, it, it doesn't mean you just sit back and do nothing. It's not like, uh, it's not like a, a powerboat, like a motorboat, uh, which you just sit back and let the, let the motor do all the work. Um, on the other hand, the other extreme, it's not like a rowboat where it's all up to you. You've got to do everything. <laughs> Uh, it's life in the spirit that's pictured here is more like a sailing boat where the power all comes from the wind. Um, that's where the energy is all coming from. But uh, your job is to work with that. 
um, to to work with that. Nothing could happen without without the the power of the wind, and yet um, you need to work with it. I mean, it's an imperfect sort of illustration, but and it's different in this case because the spirit's not a impersonal force that um, just randomly blows here and there. Uh, the, the the spirit of God is a person who has desires for your life. Um, so friends, do you want to know the Spirit's desire for you, where the direction that He's sort of blowing you into? Well, it's not a mystery. It's, it's revealed to us here in His Word. And the Spirit of holiness leads us into holiness. Let's have a look. Um, verse 12. Therefore, brothers and, brothers and sisters... We have an obligation, a right, proper response. But it's not towards the flesh uh, to live according to it. We don't have any, any obligation to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Friends, uh, I think we don't actually often think about our obligation to the Spirit. I wonder whether you do. Um, perhaps we talk more often about our obligation to God the Father, the one who out of his great love sent Jesus. Um, and we uh, certainly, I, I feel as myself, and maybe you do too, a, a real sense of thankful obligation to Jesus for all that he's done for, for you in the, in the gospel in, at the cross. Um, what about the Spirit? Uh, what the Apostle Paul here is saying that is that we have an obligation to the Spirit. Well, friends, if you're a Christian, um, it is only it is only through the Spirit's undeserved, uh, gracious work within you. Um, he came to you in your darkness while you were in Adam, uh, bound for conflict and death, and, and gave you peace and life um, through the gospel of Jesus. Without him, the, the word of that gospel would have just stayed dead and lifeless to you. Um, but he has come to you. He's breathed new life into your dry bones and given you a new heart to know God. Um, and friends, the right and proper response that we ought to make to the Spirit who lives within us, uh, our obligation to him is to live according to his desires as he has revealed them in his in his good word and what paul really focuses on here is that that means an ongoing day-to-day lifelong battle with sin with sin in your life uh, do you notice the violent language there um, not just kind of leave it to one side, uh, not just um, close your eyes to it, not sort of close the door on it, put it to death. Uh, it, it talks about putting to death these misdeeds of the body, this sin that still entangles us, even though we are still new creations in Christ. But do you notice here, like there's an active and, and serious um, effort that's pictured there. But do you notice also... Even here, even here, it's we're not on our own. It, that's something we we would never be able to do that on our own. Uh, it is only actually through the Spirit that we're even able to think about doing that. You, you notice that in um, see that in verse 
13 there. It's by the Spirit that you put to death these misdeeds of the body, put sin to death in your life. So what, what, the, what we're told here is that God himself will empower you to do what he asks of you. Um, it's such a wonderful truth. Well, um, there's so much to reflect on here, friends. Uh, but what I want to sort of draw things um, together with is just to draw your attention to something that I think is really quite significant here. Um, do you notice there's not one instruction in this passage? It's one of the striking things about Romans in general, actually. There's no instruction, no sort of command to do anything. Um, all the way, the first five chapters, they're long, sort of complex chapters, until you get to chapter 6. And then there's this gap again from chapter 7 all the way through to chapter 12, where there's no instruction at all. Um, there's no sort of... Uh, and, and that can be frustrating um, for those of us who are just a bit more activist, and we just want you know the seven steps to living a spiritually successful life or something. Um, it can be a bit frustrating, but I, it is so important. It's not an accident that that's the case. Uh, see, what Paul is, is bringing for, towards us here, giving to us here, is uh, the fact that your identity is absolutely fundamental. Long before you get to what you have to, what, what you should do, you need to hear and understand and trust the Word of God about who you are through the Gospel. Uh, that, that new identity in this realm of the Spirit, it is going to change you, it'll transform you from the inside out, it'll flow out of you. Um, but that's the direction it needs to go, from the inside out, not sort of trying to change the outside first. Um, uh, it, it is going to flow out into changed lives. And you do get a glimpse of that, right, in those, especially in those last verses, this picture of putting sin to death. But the focus here in this passage is what's already done, what's already true. Uh, if you're trusting in Jesus then you are in the realm of the Spirit. You, you have this new mindset, this new orientation of your life uh, towards God, not away from Him. Uh, you are no longer God's enemy. You, you are now governed by the Spirit. Um, you have a certain hope beyond death, and you have God's own power by His Spirit within you to transform you and to help you to to enable you to put sin to death in your life. So friends, it's knowing that. We're thinking about assurance. Well, it's knowing that, remembering that, telling that truth to yourself every day. That's at the heart of living in the gospel. It's how the assurance, this passage is so rich in assurance, in things that are true outside of yourself. This is all true through Christ. Uh, the, but this is how that uh, reality that's outside of you can actually start to become a living, breathing reality inside of you. More and more. A living power in your life. Um, so who are you? Well, you are a spiritual person. And by that we mean you are someone who lives now in the realm of the Spirit in Christ. And all of these things are true of you. Um, but maybe 
maybe that's not you actually maybe you're still you can recognize you're still in this in the realm of the flesh in in adam you haven't put your faith in jesus um well god calls you to do that he calls you to do that today and you can do that today um through his spirit at work within you so uh the place to start to do that is to pray um and then to get in touch with us and let us help you along the way so i'm going to pray now i um, invite you to join with me so let's pray Our God, we thank you for the wonderful gospel of Jesus, this good news. Our God, please work your spirit more and more among many people to draw many to Christ. Uh, Those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we thank you for all these these truths that are true of us, that we are in the realm of the spirit, that you've transformed us. And we pray that uh, you might teach us more and more to live in line with your spirit, to put to death those things that don't belong to the realm of the spirit. Help us to do that. Help us to keep coming back to the cross when we fail and give us power to do that day by day by day. Lord, for those of us who know that we're still in the flesh, not in the realm of the spirit, but in, not in Christ, but in Adam, uh, Lord, uh, we ask that you would work in their hearts to draw them to yourself. And for any here now who are, who are um, coming to you for the first time, Lord, we put our faith in Jesus, not in ourselves. We put our trust in him, what he has done in the cross uh, for us. And we thank you that we know that if we have done that, that you come to live in us, that we have your spirit within us and we are in him. Uh, so we thank you for that. Please uh, be at work now. Through your wonderful word, we pray. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.